If you're gonna do something every day, you better do something that you love. A message that Kyra echoed not only on the podcast, but this is something that she keeps near and dear to her heart, not only in her personal life, but really with her organization, Keys to Abundant Life. Now, I was fortunate enough to be able to help this organization out back in 2019, 2020, as we took a group of lovely ladies on a college tour throughout Syracuse and upstate New York. But come to find out, this organization has been making waves in the New York City area since 2005. 2005, and a lot has happened in there, from growth to hiring new people to be able to allow the business to expand. But with that, Kyra, Keys to Abundant Life, they are in over 25 different places and sites within New York City. Now, obviously, they're not stopping there. They're not settling. They're not becoming complacent. They want to continue to expand. Two areas in particular. So one, upstate New York, but two, also Baltimore. So for anybody in the DMV area, I'm calling y'all out. Let's make some things happen. But across this program, man, they've had a host of different things from enrichment programs, art, piano, social media, after school programs, weekend programs. They've even added culinary, a project manager, everything of the sort that you could think of to really change the lives, to make the youth not only more healthier, but happier in their everyday lifestyle and their everyday lifestyle choices. So look, I won't spoil anything else. I'll let Kyra do all the telling for y'all, but I need y'all to do one thing for me. Enjoy episode 158, Each One, Teach One. Hey, I'm happy. I can't even do the same intro today just because I'm very, very happy. So my cousin does not realize that she actually just made history today. Um, she is actually my first. I, granted, I've I talked to a lot of people. <clears throat> excuse me. I talked to a lot of people who I consider quote unquote family. But this is my first actual family member, and I'm I'm hoping that I'm saying this correctly because we have a lot of episodes. Now. But I'm really thinking like I can't think of any family member that I would, I know I've made plans to talk to some family members, but she is the very first one to bring it to action, to bring it to fruition. And how this really all started was, I promise you, I've been following the social media page. I've, I've taken trips with this organization. Big shout out to my boy, Brandon, when we were in Syracuse. But I, and, I'm, and I just keep seeing the content. I keep seeing the children. I keep seeing the impact. I keep seeing now they're in like this cooking thing now. They're stealing some of the recipes. I'm not going to lie to y'all. Uh, we're going to get into all of that. But I'm just thinking like, and one day I told myself, why haven't I talked to her? Why haven't I brought her on the podcast? Reached out to her. And it was just that easy. We just scheduled it just like that. We just made that happen. So one, I'm very grateful for my cousin Kyra to be here today, but also very grateful because she just made history. My family is on here today. She's doing amazing things with her organization, Keys to Abundant Life. And I'm excited for all of y'all who are be able to tap in, who will be local to her area to help out and assist however you can. But even if you're not local, just to learn about the organization and it may even be coming to a city near you. So, Kazo. How are we doing today? How's everything on your end? How you feeling? I'm fantastic. I'm even more excited that I'm the first. Yeah, you're, I'm the you, first you, of the family. You know, the now you gotta, you gotta, and that's that's the title. That's that's something you gotta wear proudly now. So let, let everybody right. you know we calling everybody out, all of that. But all right, I know we're gonna have family tapping in from us. I know we're gonna have some people from the key side tapping in. We're gonna have some people from the D2B side tapping in. But I want to bring everybody up to speed. I want to kind of give everybody an even playing field. So can you one just tell us a little bit about yourself, and then can you two just tell us what brings you on the Down the Business podcast? Okay, so my name is Kayera Harris. I have I'm the CEO of Keys to Abundant Life Inc. Um, we've been in existence since August, I think it's what August 8th, 2005. Um, we've been working in New York City Public School. So just a little, I'll even backtrack a little bit more, a little bit about me and then how I got into the journey of. Um, but so 
I was I got my master's in speech pathology, and so I came out working with children. I worked in a preschool. I did home based services, and I should say a preschool with children with special needs. Then I worked in home based services, and when I did the home based services, it was zero to three, so early intervention. These kids would constantly come to the door, like greeting me with like lollipops and soda and you know just chips. And it would be morning. It would be it would be the afternoon, depending on you know what time of the year. And I knew that there was some type of connection between what you're putting in your body is what you're going to get out. And so obviously I was there because the parents are concerned about, you know, my child's not communicating, my child's not eating well. And I was like, I know there, there's something to it. I mean, also couple that with the fact that I've always been into health and nutrition. You know, after I go to work, I go to the gym, I get home, I eat, I do my lesson plan, and then my, my day would just repeat the exact same thing. Um, and then I also went to a naturopathic doctor who, to this day, I still see the naturopathic doctor. I've been seeing her since 2003. Um, and just all the things that she does and what she's done for me and all the 5,000 people that I've sent to her, just so I was just so interested in peak. My interest was peaked by all the stuff that she was doing. I wanted to do something like she did. Um, so I decided, let me go back, go get a certification in nutrition um, and the funny thing is I thought I knew so much. And then I went back to school and realized, well, not that much. Um, and so then I came out and then I ended up going back into, or going into the school, New York City Public School. So now we're in, I mean, it varies from year to year, but we definitely grow every year. Um, so I would say now we're probably in about 25 different sites um, all throughout New York City. And I know you said, you know, we're always looking to come to a city near you. We're definitely always looking to expand. We're looking to expand upstate. Um, I have, you know, a program manager up there who really wants to do work around her area, so she doesn't have to come all the way down to New York City. Um, but also, I'm looking to do, looking to do more work in more underserved um, communities. And the first one that's really coming to mind for me that I'm looking into is Baltimore. Ooh, and I got some people in the DMV in Baltimore area specifically. So yeah, this is hey, look, y'all know we y'all know we do a lot of call to actions here on the podcast. Y'all know we call a lot of people out. Y'all know I'm no stranger to it. I'm not shy about it. So let's do it. I'm calling myself out because I can get there just the same. But I'm calling all of y'all out, all my DMV folks, all my Baltimore, as y'all say it, my Baltimore folks. I definitely want to connect you with some good people. But no, to to really hear you go back to 2005, wow. I didn't even, I feel like you may have told me that, but wow, 19 years in this, you're not new to this by any means. You're very much true to this, but to really something that's always just near and dear to my heart is the youth, man. It's it's just having a little brother as just growing up in Philly and then going to Greenville, North Carolina, and then going up to Syracuse, New York, and then back to Philly and now being even in Tampa, Florida, man, I've been around so many underserved communities and a lot of the travel that I've done in, in between New Orleans, Colorado, a little bit west coast out of the country it's 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 amazing just to not amazing but it's it's really just crazy like the more you see the world the more you realize how alike we are and how you can be in a different state a different city but ultimately the problems that are plaguing the communities especially these minority communities ultimately boil down to the same thing so to hear that you've just been locked in so long especially in a place like new york man so from just so many boroughs to just so many people to just the hustle and bustle. Look, everybody can't handle NYC, man. People don't be like, everybody can't handle up north. It's, it's no. a different ball game up it there. Is. But especially when you're day in and day out dealing with the youth, man, I, I definitely have to take my hat off and take my head off to that. Okay, so 19 years ago, what 
What was going through your mind? In 2005, where really were you personally in the space to really want to dive into this, to really want to do this? And then kind of, you don't have to walk me through all 19 years because we'd be talking all night. But as we think about just your progression, five years, seven years, 10 years Mm -hmm. and everything like that, Mm -hmm. what was really happening? What was really some of the things that you were even, you can tell us even maybe some trials and tribulations, some things that you had to do around the business to really ensure that, you know, the mission and the mantra behind why you started this was really still being carried out day in and day out. Right. Um, So 2005, I was a speech language pathologist. Um, I enjoyed the kids but I wasn't really um, excited about the work. I definitely wasn't excited about the paperwork. That's for sure. I was like, get, you you could give that to somebody else. Um, So that was definitely a big part of it. Um, But yeah, it just wasn't nourishing my soul. And I was like, if you have to do something every day, you better do something that you love. Um, And honestly, I read the, (laughs) this is going to sound crazy. And maybe some people can relate. I read the book, Rich Dad, Poor Dad. And when I read that book, I was like, I'm I'm doing something wrong. This is this is not the life I'm supposed to be living. Um, and then also, my father was an entrepreneur, so I grew up seeing him, you know, do his own thing. And I saw like the the trials and tribulations, and you know, and him just being able to do his, his do whatever he wanted. I guess I on his own time because even when you when you do when you have your own business, you still are on other people's time because you have clients. Um, but I saw that he was definitely um, satisfied with what he was doing. And he was, he was still able to provide and he was still able to kind of make his own schedule. Um, so when I jumped into, when I jumped into um, Keys to Abundant Life, I will say this. There are some people who leap. I wasn't, that, I wasn't the person who just, you know, who left off the, the cliff and just, you know, where I land is where I land. I had maintenance, I had mortgage, I had, you know, car, I had all those things. And so as my speech, as my business grew, then I decreased the speech language pathology. So it was basically as I was able to sustain myself with Keys to Abundant Life, that's when Keys to Abundant Life was the only thing that I was doing. Um, And it quickly did decrease. Um, I would say for the first five years, I want to say for the first five years, I started out just doing one-on-one services, um, and that wasn't that satisfying, I will tell you, because I was more excited about, you know, the changes that clients need to make more than they were, which means that I was doing a lot more work, and they weren't following what I was telling them to do, so that was not satisfying to me. Um, but then I ended up going right back into, oh, going, I keep saying right back into the school. I, was at a, I wasn't in a New York City public school when I did speech-language pathology, but I was in a preschool for children with special needs. So that's why I keep saying going back into the schools. But then I started going into New York City Public School. And um, the first five years, it was mainly me doing the work. Um, and then it was, you know, then I added more people on. Um, you know, I added a lot more culinary, I added culinary instructors to teach. Because I know the nutrition piece, and yes, I can cook. But now I bring in, you know, culinary instructors. Funny enough. The culinary instructors, they know how to cook. A lot of them don't know nutrition. And so that's where we kind of, you know, they learn a lot. I learn a lot. And then it's just a happy marriage. Um, so we started with the having them come out, come into the business and actually teach. And I didn't have to be in the classroom as much, which was nice. I could actually 
sit back and let the business grow or help the business to grow, but, you know, sit back in the background doing so. Um, I brought on program managers. So I was able to just expand and bring on and hire more people so then I could step back and actually help to continue to grow the business, you know, build relationship. Um, I would definitely say I'm trying to think five years, 10 years, the business just continued to grow. Um, and when it did grow, you know, I became a, a contracted vendor with the Department of Education, which is, it's big. It's, it's big. It's, um, it's, uh, what's, what's a nice word to put it? Um, it's a lot of work. It's a lot of work to do it. Um, and it can be rewarding. Um, but it's, it's, they put you through the ringer. So just like you said, you can't, you know, if you do something in New York City, you, you pretty much can do something everywhere. And that's, if you can do, if you can get into the New York City Department of Education and really work, um, work in the New York City Public, uh, New York City uh, Department of Education as a contractor, you can work anywhere. So if I'm like, oh, Baltimore, underserved, you know, I just have to do my research and I can, I can figure it out. Because if I can figure out New York City, I can figure out any other place. Um, we ended up expanding. So when we first started, we were just doing healthy nutrition workshops and healthy culinary classes. Then we expanded. We became the lead on a, a citywide grant. And so we had to provide, obviously, more activities than just that. So now we, we provide enrichment activities. We provide sports. And enrichment like art, piano, social media, you name it. Um, professional development workshops, parent workshops. We do it all. Um, so we do, we run Saturday programs, we run after school programs, we do college tours, which you know, since you, you and Brandon hooked us up in Syracuse. Um, and so that's how the business has been growing. Um, so it's not just New York City Department of Education, New York City Public School. We're also in different, um, we also work with other community-based organizations. Um, and again, always looking to expand. I love that. I just to hear about so many offerings and just to hear, but to hear how it was ever changing to ultimately the, the love was there. The passion was there because you don't get that. You don't get 19 years later. You, you barely make it 19 days. If you don't really love what you do, especially <laughs> right. in a place like New York in the public education system, take it to, for y'all. Look, I went to public school all of my life up until high school. And there is a clear cut difference between public school, charter school, in Catholic school, but I'm more so because my little brother went to a charter school, but I'm more so say public school and Catholic, Catholic school, school. They're two different ends of the spectrum. Very. And you really do see. Even when I went to college, I was able to see. I often tell the story about my professor who always he, who asked the class one day about how we how well we felt prepared for college. And everybody who raised their hand to say they felt prepared, which was only like three of us or four of us, including myself, we had all went to private school. Everybody, the, the masses who didn't feel prepared because they went to public school. So oftentimes the resources, the teachers, the it's a host of things that really come into that. But to really just hear the passion, but to also hear that you don't bring in these programs just willy-nilly. You bring in these programs because you know that they can bring value to the youth. You know that these are underserved communities. So otherwise they may not be getting these skills. They may not be getting these tips, these tricks. I know for me, I was big on culinary growing up. And I felt like the only time I really got that experience was with my mom. And then once I lost my mom, it was just like that experience kind of just died off from me because it wasn't mm -hmm. really implemented anywhere in that curriculum. The arts mm -hmm. are not really implemented anywhere in that curriculum. The, no. Unless you want to start paying for things or going extra or sending people this place and that place. But in, at the base of the public education system, sometimes 
And I say this in two parts. I say that sometimes it's hard to get people to take anything serious from the teacher perspective because of just how the students are acting. But also, two teachers are underserved. Teachers aren't paid the way that they should be. They're not funded the way that they should be. Supplies aren't where they really should be. And that's right. even in the speaking to you right now in this interview is really fueling my fire to really want to go ahead and launch my nonprofit, which is really um, giving back to the public education system. It's going to be called Future. So forever uplift and transform, transforming and unifying resilient environments. So to everybody listening, don't take that. I'm not going to repeat it again. You don't have to, you know, if you want to come in and make things happen, we can make things happen. But just let me let me rock with that one. But no, ultimately, it really took me going to public school and then going to private Catholic school to really realize it, it shouldn't be like that. It shouldn't be that just because people can afford to pay tuition or they want to come out of pocket a little bit, that they just get a host and a mass of resources way different than public school, especially when public school has the fun. It's there. They don't just tap into it the way that they should. But it's a conversation for another day, nonetheless. So. And now, okay, so now we're we're present day now. You've have implemented a host of different programs. You've got a host of different feedback. You see the lives being changed for kids. You're probably getting parents who are just thanking y'all immensely. And now you're even thinking about hitting different places and different spaces. So with key specifically, when it comes to just what you had to do to implement yourselves into the public education system. Can you kind of just shed some light on that? Like, what was that really like becoming the contractor, becoming verified? Because I know if it's one thing that people don't play about is children. And especially when it comes to education, especially when it comes to different programs. And I think sometimes that's why the the system suffer as much as they do because they're so just tunnel vision and they so just, if it ain't broke, don't fix it, that they don't want to open their minds to new ideas, to new things, to new feedback. So for you to really one, get in here, but also solidify yourself and then keep yourself for this long, because I don't think y'all understand too, that it's one thing to get this. It's one thing to be implemented into the public school system. The same way they implement you, you can get right back out just the same if, if something goes wrong, if, if you're right. not really doing even on your end to, to have to keep up with the business ever changing for 19 years. That's a lot. Like you said, in the beginning, it was a lot that you had to pay attention to. And you had to really let those scales even out a little bit until you could really add some more energy to the key size. So getting into the school system, was it difficult? Was it something that once you was it? Is it a no? Is it a type of thing where you have to know somebody to get connected? What really was that like for you? And I, um, you said it. You hit it on the head. I hit the nail on the head. Um, it was about relationships. So to be honest, it was, I told you my father is an entrepreneur, but he was an entrepreneur in the Department of Education space. And so he had relationships and he's a proud dad. So, you know, always talking about what his kids are doing and, you know, and then he would, I would, I would definitely say he would drag me, come with me, Kai, you know, and then this is, this is like well before, you know, I even went to like, went to grad school. So when I was a kid, it was like, come with me, Kai, and I'd be in the car with him going to a school and, you know, <laughs> I'd, be, I'd be in the passenger seat and he'd be like, all right, here's my calendar, write down. I just did, I did, and so I'd be his, like his, his uh, secretary in the uh, passenger seat. But because of that, it was the relationship that he built that really allowed me to kind of step in. Um, and I'll tell you exactly how it worked. Um, there was one school that he was like, come with me. So I went with him and, you know, was introduced to the principal, introduced to the assistant principal. And my father had already been talking about, you know, the things that I'm doing and, you know, the work that I'm doing. And so the assistant principal was like, well, we want your program here. And so I was like, okay. So I sat down with this assistant principal and she, you know, we, we had a meeting and so she's like, all right, so this, here's the amount of money and this is what you're going to do. And 
And I was like, oh, okay. So, it, so honestly, it was it was that easy. But that was before I got a contract. Um, so you have to work in the New York City public school system for I want to say three years before you can even apply for a contract to be a contracted vendor with the Department of Education. So you have to show that you've been working in that space. Um, but yeah, so that that's really how I got into the New York City public school, the DOE. Um, and then three years later, you know, you know, you know more people. It's all about relationships. So I'm always big on treat people the way you want to be treated because you never know. And and I I can't even you never know who the person is, but who cares who the person is? You just need to treat people the way you want to be treated because the people are human and they deserve to be treated well. Um, but when you do treat people well, just because you're genuine about it, they treat you well. And so those relationships that build, it's like, oh, Kaira, you know what? I'm thinking about this. Why don't we bring you in? This would be great. And so it's kind of like once I was able to put my foot in the door and kind of show them what it what show show them what I got basically show them what I'm offering then it kind of was sky's the limit and then it was like oh you know word of mouth and you know oh we're gonna put you on our, in our program oh we're gonna put you on our grant oh we're gonna you know come this way come you know come do this let me introduce you to this person so that's how it grew it's just just talking to people and building relationships and treating them well can y'all tell we family it's, it's just uh, that's uh, that's something that I preach on here all the time, man. So I'm glad y'all hearing it from another source. But I, I I love that just because it really even your last point that you highlighted about how it I was telling my boy the other day like I feel like this term is so cliche. I've been hearing it since kindergarten, but it hasn't really began to really take effect until my adult years. And it's simple: treat people the way you want to be treated. That's it, that, it's, it's no if answer. I really can't. Even after I say that, I just want to drop the mic sometimes. That's really just right. all it is. It doesn't matter. It goes back to that saying, too. You, you treat the janitor with the same respect that you give to the CEO. People are people. They're human beings. So whether right. you don't treat people a certain type of way because of, of what can come off on the back end of what they do, of their title, of anything, because even those people who you give that genuine energy, quote unquote, to. They, they may not do a thing for you, but sometimes it's those people who you overlook, who you feel like aren't connected, who are sometimes your own colleagues that are way more connected than you realize. And that's the scary part, that sometimes you don't know who's sitting right next to you, mm-hmm. but who cares? You treat them as if it was your family sitting right next to you or anything. Exactly. Like you would treat somebody how you, because I think about that too. I think about how my family is out here living. And if I'm not even living right, how can I expect people to live right towards my family? I'm being a hypocrite in a sense. So just to hear those relationships, shout out to shout out to uh, to Uncle Jesse to all the people who are fun. Then, man, I, I love that man. Man, he is he is that. one of a kind. That is that is the true definition of an entrepreneur, man. And I is. tell you, he's given me so much insight, enlightenment. He quick to call me out though. He will do that, and I love that about him. That he will. He needs to keep me on my. I need to be on the up and up. So I already know that. But no, just to hear about one. The relationship that he already had, but two, how was that able to translate over to you? But then three, it also goes to speak to you too, because people mess up relationships all the time. People mm-hmm. spoil things, mess up connections. So it also mm-hmm. took you bringing a level of professionalism, bringing a level of authenticity, but also having your stuff together because you're not just sitting down with assistant principals, with district managers, with people from the DOE, with to apply for that contract and everything. You're not doing that if your if your P's aren't, you know, if you if you're not on your P's and Q's, if your I's aren't right. dotted. If your T's aren't crossed. And then on top of that, as we spoke about, you're not keeping that. Once they once they get a slight hint or catch wind of, of something going wrong or not happening, they're slashing. There's no questions asked. Like I said, they don't play. The DOE don't play, y'all. And I think right. you can say that about really almost any city. So to break down keys a little bit, is this like 
and, and this may honestly be school specific. So if it is, just let me know. Now, is this just a host of different things from programs to after school to is this a class to is this something that because we, we even connected like I said we did the college tour when we were out of school so does it get school specific as to what the offerings are or is it pretty much one um, big sector of things that you guys implement within these different places and different spaces well it, it depends on the site whether it's a school or it's one of the sites that are not in the department of education uh, it really depends on what they want so a lot of our sites that most sites want culinary. They want the healthy culinary classes. Kids love to eat. And the funny thing is when I, when I created the company, my mission was to just get people healthy. So I really wanted them to, I wanted the nutrition piece to really be out there, but I masked it with the culinary because people like to cook. People are like, you know, they like to do things. They like to feel like they're accomplishing something. Um, but they, and the biggest thing is they like to eat. And so how do you really, I mean, you can sit down and, you know, lecture them on nutrition, but I'm like, if you can do something with hands-on and, you know, they, it's tangible and they can smell and they can eat and they can learn as they're like cooking, why would you not do that? So that, that's really where it, um, where it came about. Um, but yeah, it really just depends on the sites. There are some sites who I've had sites where, and I, we work with adults as well. So we work with I'd say, I always say a mature three through adults. Um, so we've done, you know, we provided yoga. We've provided, um, I said art earlier. We provided jewelry making. You name it, we provide the service. So it's not just, it's not a cookie cutter approach. It's just kind of, it's whatever you want. We customize whatever it is that you want. And of course, it depends on the borough and who's available and all that. And then, of course, the audience, too. I love the versatility, man. Something that we really talk about here on the podcast a lot, just how you can be in a particular sector or industry. But the more open you are to exploring different places, bringing in different programs, hitting different sites, working with different age groups, the more, in a sense, valuable you are, the more, you know, it's one thing to be able to do one thing very well. And there's nothing wrong with that at all. You can be the master of that skill for sure. But when you can dibble and dabble into different things, but ultimately it all comes with the same quantity quality and quantity and you're always putting your best foot forward i think that will always and continue to just set the bars but set, differentiate you from the rest so i think about keys and i think about how this has been i'm, I'm still thinking about i'm gonna keep saying 19 years because wow that's a very long time my little brother is 19 so that's that's crazy to think about but i also think about what's happened over from 2005 until now a, a pandemic New York and New York was a ghost town for those of y'all who don't know. It was it up really north was, was different. We were living it, on it, really it was wild. I was an essential yeah. worker, but it was just like when I got off work, the streets were empty. Public transportation was barely running. Nobody was out there. Shops were closed, everything of the sort. So for you, for keys, what has really been some feedback, some testimonials, even maybe whether it be from a parent, whether it be from a child, whether it be from somebody in the program, whether it be from a relationship, anybody in the DOE family of the sort, what has really been something that's been said to you or something that's been highlighted about what you're doing that has really made you appreciate love and continue to stay motivated with what you are? Because obviously, you know, I know that whether you got this feedback, whether you had somebody else tell it to you or not, that was not going to make or break what Kyra was doing. That was not going to make or break you stand for. Because like I said, 19 years, that's not something overnight. That's not you waking up every day just unhappy and just not feeling it. No, that's more like 19 days, 19 hours type thing. So what has been some things that have been shared with you that have really just 
opened up your eyes, have really made you even want to go just that much harder for keys and everything that y'all are doing? Well, let me just also state that the main reason I wanted to do this. So my company is really, um, it's a reflection of me and just my life and what I think. And I'm big on just exposure. When people are exposed to different things, when you know when you know something, then you do something. When you know better, you do better. So if I expose you to a college, which in the, you want testimonials, um, we took I think it was a group of girls, like a mentoring program, took them to Syracuse, and there were uh, students. There were girls who were in uh, students in temporary housing, and now one of those girls goes to Syracuse. Um, so we've got and that and that that's only one of at least. I'm going to say at least three different um, stories of children that we took on college tours because they were like, oh, I, you know, that, that was for other, that was for them. That wasn't for me. And it was like, no, you know, because you're in temporary housing, always underline that word temporary because I'm like, this is just a chapter in your book. This is not the whole book. Um, and so know that, you know, what's out there for everyone else is also out there for you. And so I've had, Again, I've had students go to Syracuse, trying to think of others. My program manager would do would be able to give you better answers. Um, on the on the culinary side, this she's an she was an older woman, but um this woman, Chef Rena, she was one of our chef instructors. She ended up losing a hundred pounds, a hundred or hundred and fifty pounds because of the way that she because of the things that she learned with Keys to Abundant Life working with us so i mean from the from the one end you know the client that you're working with but even the staff or the team that's that's part of keys to abundant life we change lives and that's the biggest deal that we wanted we want to change lives make people healthier make people happier um there have been we were just featured on abc so i'm trying to think of what my program manager and the financial literacy instructor were talking about they were saying how um which is big. We do these things so we can work with the children, but the, the idea is to work with the children and then it affects the families. Um, so we have had um, testimonial. We actually did a summer program during um, the pandemic. And so it was a business class and the kids had to do business plans. The instructor was amazing. The instructor actually put up her own money and gave a thousand dollars to the best business plan for a female and for a male. And then we actually did. Um, I I decided, you know what, we're going to do an art show. So a friend of mine owns an art an art gallery, and so that child was able to say, oh, I sold my first painting. At, you know, I'm an artist. Like she was already an artist, but now you're like really official when somebody literally buys your art from the art gallery and you're able to speak about the pieces. So it's really giving, giving the kids experiences. And those are really the testimonials that we get people experience, or they really, they benefit from the exposure that we've given them or provided to them. And that's so beautiful just because sometimes it's, 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 it's due to a lot of times with the youth it's due to no fault of their own, whether it just be upbringing, whether it be resources, whether it be anything that sometimes otherwise they would not have been exposed to. Sometimes the, it's the public school system itself just holding the youth back or just reckon or just keeping them on this one track, not updating the curriculum, terrible supplies, mm-hmm. teachers 
in and out, a shortage of workers, but you're not paying these workers to want to even come and everything. So it's just like when you, I think about even just growing up in middle school, elementary school, and just sometimes how we saw so many different teachers, how we couldn't really resonate with these teachers sometimes because they didn't look like us or how they didn't necessarily always love the job or how Mm -hmm. we were so worried about other things. And you asked me about culinary and financial literacy. These are things that we didn't, some of us didn't really touch till high school, college, if that, like I I was talking to a lot yeah. Or or ever like mm-hmm. I had my my boy took an economics course my micro and macro and he was just like yo not to say this exact curriculum to the extent that it is but something like this should be implemented in middle and high and college this should not yeah, be our, some of these things that we are learning had we would have heard this or had we would have even had a hint of this to take back home because sometimes too it's about taking it back home to the family mm-hmm. and it's about giving those resources and giving it's because the family doesn't that. have everything sometimes mm-hmm. and that's okay mm-hmm. but. If the, if the child is acting on this or if the child is saying this or if the child is plugged in this way, like you said, it could change that entire dynamic. So, oh, wait, just, hold yeah, on. I just said about another. I was like, what's another testimony? I know I have others. Um, I know one of my program managers was on the train and um, he bumped into, and this is, this is the only one of a few of the same story, but bumped into a child who, I should say a young man who, when he was, when he was a boy, he was in our barber in class and so now he's a barber so i'm like so again exposure like you don't know what you don't know you don't know if you're gonna love something you don't know and and you and you can be exposed to it and learn and learn that you don't like it but at least you can say oh i've tried it oh i didn't really care for that but i really i'm more interested in whatever it is so it really takes those. I, I love the beauty of hands-on experience. It, it takes that. It takes that to be able to say, "Don't knock it till you try it." I'm so big right. on that. From food That's to right. experiences to thing, organizations, everything like that. College really even opened me up to that because there were a lot of things that I participated in college that I did it just to say, "Okay, I'm either going to rock with this, resonate with this. This is either just going to be a one-time thing, or this is never happening again." Like so, but I, but I, but it takes being able to do that rather than sometimes I think about when I was growing up and I would just say I didn't want to do something or I didn't like something because my friends weren't doing because my parents or family hadn't exposed me to it, or I didn't know anything about it, or what I knew about it didn't really seem good. But until you really immerse yourself in that for your own, you'll never really know. Something that you mentioned earlier in the interview was about, and something that I said too, was just coming to a city near you. So I'm thinking about how I have to update my stats, but the last time I checked the podcast is in, out of 50 states, we were in 39. Out of however many countries we have out there in the world, we were like in 57. So nice. what can people tapping in to this interview do to help? What can my what can my people do who are in Baltimore, who are in Florida, who are in North Carolina, who are in Atlanta, who are in Texas, who are in PA, Connecticut, all these people that are tapping in, all these people who are coming, New Orleans, shout out to little bro. If, if all these people that are tapping in and coming from different places, as I said, most of these places are dealing with the same issues, just in mm-hmm. different capacities. Mm-hmm. What can they do to really help? push forward with the mission what Keys is doing, what can they really help to ensure that you come to the city and you're able to implement and, and get up with their DOE just the same? Connect us with uh, the superintendents of their districts, of their school districts, um, connect us with principals, connect us with parent coordinators, influential people in, in the school systems. So we definitely can get there and then we can, the other thing is we build, we build, uh, I should say we help with um, the economic side because we hire people. So we'll hire people in the area, um, which helps with employment, obviously, um, which is going to, that trickles down. It's a trickle 
it's a, a ripple effect, I should say. So, you know, the more people who are working, the happier people are, the better the communities are, you know, just a lot of lives get changed because you allow us to get in there and do well, whether it's the programming or even just the hiring of. So yeah, if you can connect this to, again, influential people, even if it's um, someone political, you know, people, politicians definitely have, um, they oversee the education, the educational system. So I'm like anybody who connected to uh, education or the education systems in their, um, in their respective areas, definitely connect us with them. And the other thing is we don't just have to be in schools because even here, we're not just in schools. We work with different organizations, community-based organizations um, that work with um, underserved communities. And it doesn't even have to be underserved. I just say underserved because I know the underserved communities are the ones that um, don't have the best access and the, and the most access to, you know, the healthy food, the, you know, even just the exposure of just, just different things that are offered in life. So that's why I keep saying underserved. But we can certainly serve the um, anybody. We can serve anybody, but I'm focused mm-hmm. on the underserved. And I will say this, because I know you're saying that you want to start your nonprofit, which sounds amazing. We're a for-profit. Um, and the reason why we're a for-profit, one, that's just how I started out. We're a for-profit. But it also benefited us because we're uh, a minority. We're a New York City and New York State certified minority women business enterprise, MWBE, which allows us to um, benefit from different grants. If you're a nonprofit, you can't be that. But, you know, the, there's, there's pros and cons to everything. We can definitely talk about that. Yeah, I was about to say, we'll definitely we'll definitely get into that because yeah. I, I like that. I like that a lot. But um, I, I already, just in hearing that, I already want to connect you with one of my, one, a principal in Philly. And he actually, really a crazy story. Big shout out to Mr. Wallace. I still call him Mr. Wallace because that's how I was introduced to him in middle school. But he was actually, or no, elementary school, excuse He's still me, Mr. Wallace. Yeah, I don't care if you're 40. Wallace, He's still Mr. Wallace. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. So I, um, he was actually my, I guess back then they would call him what, like teacher assistants or like, cause he wasn't really mm-hmm. a sub, but he kind of shadowed my primary teacher. Okay. Eventually he went on to become a teacher and now he's actually the principal of a school in PA. So I'm definitely going to connect nice. that. But okay. no, just even in hearing too, I, I think I was kind of tailoring everything towards the school. But so even now just opening it up, if, if you have anybody that are in these different organizations, in these different communities, even I'm, I talk to a lot of y'all that have your own organizations, for-profit, non-profits, 501 3Cs, everything of the sort. Let's get connected and that's really helpful because I feel like here, that's all this. That's what all of this is about. We all recognize the problem with our youth. You have to think about your younger siblings, and that's really what I thought about too. And that's really why I, it lit the fire under me to want to do my nonprofit so bad because I was thinking about my little brothers, my little cousins, family. That's that's to come generations after that. And and you know, it's it didn't really seem like the direction was was getting positive. It was going up. If anything, it seemed like it was kind of mellowing in some cases mm-hmm. and decreasing. And the fact that I can say that about mine, I could only imagine. Now, I was even hearing some of the things that my little brother was was dealing with in just college and, and getting prepared and trying to apply and just high school and just the differentiating in resources. And I just feel like there's such a big divide there that can be slowly but surely chopped at until we're really there, until we're really making effects. So to all my people out there, look, IG Live, I'm calling you out. Audio listeners, I'm calling you out. Visual listeners, I'm calling you out. And this is not just because it's cuz of this. What I called y'all out last episode, the episode before that. We, I'm, I'm just a call. I'm, I'm a caller outer. Let's just put it like that. But at the end of the day, no. When it when it really 
become so near and dear to me is when, like you said, whether we use the word underserved, whether we use the word youth, you are you are changing and implementing change into so many different lives. And the fact that you were able to do so much up north, I know that once this hits the rest of the East Coast, Midwest, West Coast, down south, I know that the, the impact and the change, it will really be monumental. So do you feel like there's anything, because you, you even kind of taught me some things today about what y'all do, which I love, and it's some of the areas and aspects that y'all have touched on and are tapping into, is for what you can disclose, we don't want to spoil anything, is Keys thinking of anything, of implementing themselves into any different areas, into any different fields, working with any different organizations to really bring about different programs? Or would you say that there are any areas untapped that you're much looking forward to? Because you're 19 years in this. And I feel like with it, like I said, I'm gonna keep highlighting that 19. That's that's crazy. But with, with, this, I, uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. with this, I feel like you've learned so much, you've implemented so much, but I also feel like the world is ever changing. So are there things, are there things that you're even reading about, researching about, talking to your different managers and different team members that you guys are looking to to even implement moving forward? Well, we like what we do, and we know that what we do works. So obviously we're going to change like recipes and all those things and, and the the, um, the details of what we offer, but it's still going to be about the same, really just meeting our clients where they're at. Um, in addition to just the programming that we do, I personally, because I am into health, I am into nutrition, I want to personally like go out and do more speaking engagements um, to really, you know, to touch on, to touch different audiences, so not just the children, but really just like uh, women, black women, mainly black women, but also, you know, black men as well, because I'm like, everybody needs to get healthy um, or healthier. I mean, I just keep seeing, and unfortunately, and I don't want to make this podcast or make this interview go down, but I'm like, when I, I'm going to a, a memorial service for a friend of mine who is my age, and I'm like, this is crazy. I just went to another one last week. I'm like, I'm not even 50. So I'm like, come on, y'all. So we, we, we have to do better. Um, and the only way that we're going to do better, yes, I'm, we're educating the kids, but, and we're educating the kids. And I do think that, you know, what we're doing, what I, not even I think, I know that what we're doing is, is, is a ripple effect and it's affecting the families, but we also have to affect and speak to the adults too, because those are the ones who actually have the resources to really make the changes. Um, and so that's why I, I kind of want to expand keys where I'm a branch of keys, where I am the person who's going out and saying, this is what you guys need to do. Because the more exposure to me is the more exposure to keys, because these adults have children. These adults are going to want their children to be exposed to the programming that we offer. So literally, it's um, Keys to Abundant Life is really a, is a reflection of literally who I am. So it's not, when I wake up, I'm Kaira, but I'm also Keystone Abundant Life. But I've always been Keystone Abundant Life. Like, it's, it's just a way of life for me. I love that. I and I, can, and I can just tell, too, from the relationship that you've already built and from the foundation that you've already built and just from the impact that you've already had out where you are, I, I know that that's not going to be hard for you to implement yourself more into the community, for you to get out there, be a word of mouth. You just said y'all were on ABC. You said that so lightly that we almost really skipped over it. And that's how I just know that you really just, you you ultimately, you love this. Like, it's like you said, you wake up every day and while this is a branch of you, this is you ultimately. So 
obviously anything that we can do on our side from down to business to support, we're always here. We're always locked in. We're going to make that happen. But I'm also telling my followers, look, think about communities. Think about where you come from. A lot of y'all, you know, we, we grew up up north. We grew up in Philly. We grew up even when I came to North Carolina. Some of y'all come from different cities and places, the country, everything of the sort that once we really come together, once we implement and enact different things, especially along the nutrition lines, especially within minority communities, man, we talk about this so much, health and wellness, man. We, we have to just really stop just keeping it as two words or three words or a phrase or it has to be it has to be a way of life, essentially. The same way that we wake up and we, we go clock into that job, go clock into your health and wellness just the same. Take And it's not to say that you just wake up one day and you just make this big 180. No, sometimes you got to start at 20. You got to get to 45. You got to get to 90. And you got to get to 120. Then we keep going. But the little, but you have to also just want it for yourself as well. And I promise you, if you get in the, get in the gym, pay attention to nutrition, do anything like that, it'll yield better habits. It'll yield better results. And you'll actually begin to fall in love with it. It's not easy. I started going back to the gym because my fraternity brother, he had posted a challenge because he's a bodybuilder now. And I knew through mm-hmm. and through, that's what he does. That's what he loves to do. That's what he rocks with. Why did I do the challenge? To show support for him. But eventually, did I start to fall? Did the first few days suck? Oh, it sucked. It was bad. I hadn't been <laughs> in the gym forever. The weight was heavy. Yeah. It was hot. My headphones had died. It was bad. But did I eventually really become to love it? We were tagging each other every day. It became like a competition thing. We're making jokes. I'm feeling better. I'm sleeping better. I was eating more. My appetite was going crazy. But right. all of this really just, I started cooking. Everything, it was a friend. Then my roommate started getting in the gym. It's a, also, it's a ripple effect. Like she said, once other people see you taking strides to do better and want better for yourself, oh, well, damn, if he could do it, let me get on it too. Let me make it happen. If she's doing it, let me, you know, it's, it's sometimes it's a monkey see, monkey do mentality. But when it comes to bettering yourself, I'm not mad at that. What's so can we tap into the nutrition for a little bit, though? I see y'all doing Absolutely. a lot of cooking. Like I said, I've been screenshotting some of the posts and everything like that. Can we can we just give the people out for the people who haven't tapped into keys to abundant life, haven't come across the page, the website, anything like that? What are some of the things that y'all were really implementing? What were really these culinary classes like? What were they making? What were the children cooking? I know I even saw you post something earlier today about how. They were making some faces about it, but eventually they ended up coming to enjoy it. So what 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 have really the children been able to learn and been able to really do from the culinary and nutrition side of things? So so what we basically do is we we uh, travel the globe. We travel the globe via our palate, which means that the children are actually or the youth are exposed to different cultures and different cuisines. So they're able to like really compare and contrast. Because I'm like, if you if you look at Indian versus Spanish versus soul food versus um, Caribbean. We all make some type of curry. But it's, that's what I'm saying. I'm like, just giving that example. We all make some kind of, some type of curry. And there's a slight difference, but it's curry. I mean, curry is curry. Um, so, it, so you're able to see like the similarities between the different cultures as well as the differences uh, and the slight differences. Um, we've done... Things as simple as smoothies to guacamole. I actually had one, and I've had this a few times. I don't like guacamole. Guacamole is disgusting. And when I grew up, I didn't like guacamole. I, I didn't like the texture. I didn't. But then when I started making it myself, then I was like, oh, where? Let me, let me go make myself some more. And that's exactly what happened. I don't want to eat it. And in every class that I that we teach, you have to try it. So you can't be in the class and make and not try. And just a little bit, just a little bit. And you can, and don't yuck anybody's yum. 
So I'm like, if you don't like it, you can just say, I don't like it because it's too soft, because it's too creamy, because it's too salty or it's too sweet, whatever. But you got to give a reason. You can't just be like, oh, that's disgusting. Oh, it's yucky. Oh, it's, you know, I don't like it. Um, so yeah, we've done jerk chicken. We've done falafel. We've done, um, you know, just a homemade pizza. We've done vegan food. We've done, I don't do soy. I'm not a big proponent of soy products, so I don't do soy, but I'll do a lot of um, vegetables. Um, we also do chicken, turkey, a little bit of fish, no shellfish, no pork, no beef. And I really try to stay away from dairy. I mean, obviously we do pizza, so we can either do vegan cheese or we can do regular cheese, but it's really tapping into a bunch of different cultures. So people sitting, so you can kind of expose, get exposed to the different types of cuisines. And I, I love the aspect of the culture because I feel like a lot of times while we shy away from these foods and just, I love that line. You said, don't yuck anybody's yum. I'm going to have to, yeah, right. I'm going to have to take that That's one. Right. Don't yuck my yum. The reason behind it. But a lot of times while we just look at some of these things so crazy, it's because we've never been exposed to it. We've never seen it. And it may not be visually appealing. It may not cater to the smell. It may not cater to the to the eye or anything like that. But once you really have it, man, some of the, some of the craziest food I've had, the plate looked terrible, you know? And <laughs> didn't smell the best or, or somebody else didn't like it or whatever. But I, I love that you're giving them so much exposure so young because it allows them to appreciate and it allows them to also dislike things, but give a reason as to why, like you said, because I feel like a lot of times that my, the reason why I stress so much about don't knock it till you try it is because a lot of times we just down things or deny things or give a negative connotation on things without any true reasoning behind it. And when you right. really boil it down to it, I had to even tell myself that too. Ironically, you brought up guacamole. I was not a fan of guacamole Nowadays, I had some homemade on, on a Taco Tuesday. I'm a big fan. Some chips there with some. Wine. I was a, I was a huge fan. So I have to say, I came around to something. Now, some things I'm just I'm not touching for sure. But I'm always the person who's gonna indulge first before just completely ruling it out. So I love that you're embedding that in them so young. Okay, now. I feel like we 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 highlighted a lot today. We talked about a lot. We you kind of gave us back the the backstory behind things, the journey to get to where you are, and then even the future outlook today. I also know that we're gonna have a lot of people tapping into this interview. We have some people on the IG live. We have some people tapping in, listening, um, and then watching as well. Do you feel like there's anything that we have not touched on today that you want to share with the people, whether it be about KTA, whether it be about what you guys have moving forward, whether it be about even what they can expect or even what they can um, you've already even talked about how we can help bring keys to abundant life to a city near us. And I think that that's something that we should definitely hold near and dear. And, or even if you want to leave some last words out there for my business owners, for my entrepreneurs, for my creatives, you've been a CEO for quite some time now. You have quite the experience under your belt, have seen it all in one of the hardest places to do it through a pandemic. So mm -hmm. anything out there that you want to leave the people with, anything that you want to share that you feel like we haven't even touched on today? Um... So in the business, we are, because the summertime for us is pretty light. Um, we're always looking to increase that. So if anybody wants um, more summer programming um, or needs some programming at their sites, whether it's a camp or anything um, in August, we can definitely do it. Um, so definitely, we can, you can definitely call us up and we can help out that, that way. Um, but yeah, we're really just gearing up for the, for the school, for the school year. Um, a lot of the work that we do, um, 
is in schools, obviously. And then for whatever reason, it seems like even all the other work that we do tends to be during the school year, even when it's not in the schools. Um, so it's lighter. Um, I would definitely say, and then obviously I'm doing speaking engagements. I just came from um, Martha's Vineyard doing an engagement. Well, I should say, no. Yeah, I will be coming from, I was up in Martha's Vineyard. I'm going back to Martha's Vineyard to go do a, um, a speaking engagement. Um, and it's going to be with women's empowerment. So looking forward to doing that. Um, I can give you some pointers on being a CEO. I certainly can. Um, the one thing I will say is that it's not easy. Um, I would definitely say, and it, I'm just, I can only talk from my own experience. I would definitely suggest that you do something that you love. Don't go about, don't go for the money. Um, let it, and of course you want to eat and you want to eat well. So not just saying you want to get by. So you want to make sure that you do make a comfortable living. And even if you do extremely well, that's fantastic. But whatever you're doing, do it because it's something that you really love. Um, I would also say find um, a support system. Um, because there are times, there are going to be days where you're like, oh, why am I doing this? So always remember your why. And actually, if you can put up your why, actually on my um, on my wall, I have my mission statement. Um, and then I have like cards from, you know, just different people, whether it's even from staff just saying, oh, you know, you're a great boss or whatever it is. Um, or even things from, from kids, from like different people who have said, you know, thank you for just to kind of remind you of why you're doing what you do. Um, and also you want to have somebody, a support system of people who are doing what you do. So then you don't feel like you're the only one because there's going to be hard days and you're, you're going to feel like I'm the only one who's going through this and you're not, you're definitely not. And not saying that, not like misery loves company because that's definitely not what I'm trying to, to, to say. But I'm definitely trying to say, know that other people are going through what, what you're going through, and then you can learn from them. So you can kind of lean on their, you know, lean on their shoulder, cry on their shoulder, you know, but also get some advice. You know, when I went through this, this is what happened. So you know, if you can, definitely get a mentor. Um, that is big. Um, and also just always know that you don't know everything. So always be open to learning. Because if you're one step ahead, whoever, if, somebody, if somebody's one step ahead of you, that means they know one more thing than you do. So I'm like, always be opening to, open to learning and just always look for your tribe. Look for your support system and don't give up. Hey, straight from family, y'all. Look, I'm not, like I tell y'all all the time, while we, we highlight so many different industries, so many different niches, so many different passions. Ultimately, a lot of the messages, a lot of the principles, a lot of what is said here boils down to the same exact thing. And we've heard from entrepreneurs, we've heard from CEOs, we've heard from serial entrepreneurs, we've heard from people who sold off their company, 
people just coming into business, thinking about coming into business. And ultimately, the mindset is always there. But it has to be that passion always has to be there, man. If you'll quickly realize that while money is good, money definitely does pay bills. Bills don't have a waiting period for sure. <laughs> no. Passion will always outweigh that because after at some point that money is going to is going to get scarce or going to be tight months. Even with the passion, there's tight months. There's times where things are like, whoa, like, what are we doing here? But that passion will always trump all of that. So. I know it goes without saying, but Cuzzo, thank you. I'm very appreciative for you. Oh, you're welcome. Doing. I'm very happy that I was even able to step in and assist with Keys back back in the day. And I have to, I, I'm gonna have to give my my boy Brandon a call right after this episode. Please do. That was a that was a great time for us, and it was definitely just something that we needed, especially just being in such a a tough curriculum up there in Syracuse, New York. But mm -hmm. really, just here, really, just even get a deeper insight and outlook into what you're doing, what you've done, and what you're going to continue to do is beautiful. And I'm I'm we're all for it here on the down to business side. I know that my audience is going to be just the same for it, and I'm excited to see what cities, what countries, what places are hit and impacted next. So before we officially close out, can you just let everyone know the best places to tap? with you guys whether it be social media whether it be the website to find you to connect anything of the sort give us everything you got absolutely um you can reach us at our website keys to abundantlife.com that's k-e-y-s-t-o-a-b-u-n-d-a-n-t-l-i-f-e.com or instagram uh, at kt abundant life so k-t abundant life um as well as facebook which is keys to abundant life um, you can reach us really anywhere, whether it's a DM from social media, a message, you can reach us. She said they're around. They're not hard to find, y'all. Yeah. So y'all to make it happen. So look, there's definitely been a call to action today with this episode and everything going on. I just really want to see who answers it. I just really want to see what can be done and what can really help. Because like like we all said here, like we all can agree on, it's it's not just about us anymore. It's deeper than us. It's about the, the our, our younger siblings, our younger family, our colleagues, people around us, underserved equally served, overserved, anybody can can feel this impact. It's about the nutrition for minority communities, especially our black women and our black men, just to make better choices, make better decisions, and ultimately watch how that shifts the narrative and the paradigm around you. So Shout out to Keys to Abundant Life, man. Everybody tapping in from your side. Everybody coming in along the way. Everybody from the down to business side. Y'all know I say it all the time, but I'm going to keep repeating it and reminding y'all I love y'all. I appreciate y'all. I'm very thankful for my community, for my tribe, as Cuzzo said. But to everybody who continuously taps in, shows us love, makes this happen, and keeps the vision going, thank you. This has been another episode of the Down to Business Podcast. Here with Tamar Turner.